Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see It's time to express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Sometimes you have to get knocked down lower than you have ever been to stand up taller than you ever were. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kid Network. I'm Asia Gonzalez and today the theme for our show is about the gift of survival. And I'm Brigitte Gia. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. We want to announce that Be The Star You Are will be participating in two great events coming up soon in September. A 10 out of 10 at Vine, uh, Vineyard Vine on September 17th and the Pear Festival on September 24th. Thank you to our sponsors. Um, we have MB Jesse Painting. Visit her website at www.mbjesse, uh, spelled J-E-S-S-E-E, uh, dot com. Uh, Star Style Productions, uh, www.starstyleproductions.com. The La Mirinda Weekly newspaper at lamarindaweekly.com. Brooks Olbreeze at blueoceanbob.com. And to be a sponsor, volunteer, or get more information about our events, go to www.bethestarur.org and click on events. And joining us for our first segment today is Alex Palakos, veteran reporter and author of this week's Health Wrap. Hi, everybody. This is Alex Blakos, and this is the Health Wrap. The topic of tonight's show is the gift of survival. With that in mind, tonight we are going to look at some different strategies that people have employed to help survive a serious illness. On the other hand, the good news is that the chances of surviving a serious illness are better today than ever before. Today's medical field has never been more capable of delivering amazing cures for previously incurable diseases. People are living longer, healthier lives. Tonight's show is not suggestion is not suggesting that just because you have a positive attitude or eat better or meditate or even pray that somehow you can beat every serious illness. There are times that the condition or disease is going to be impossible to survive no matter what extra measures you employ. But, having said that, it is important to remember that many serious illnesses may be considered to be incurable early in the course of the illness. Many times, it can take years for an incurable disease to reach the stage where it is considered advanced. So a person may live for a long time dealing with a serious illness. With that in mind, let's take a look at how some people have dealt with a serious illness and the techniques that they felt helped them survive a serious illness or cope with living with a threatening condition. Many patients say the most important thing in surviving a serious condition is attitude. As one patient put it, 
attitude is everything. The way we are able to mentally deal with an illness, our ability to try and be happy in the face of adversity, these are powerful contributors to coping or, or healing. Stress and depression cause harmful chemicals to be released in our body, while happiness and positive attitudes increase beneficial chemicals that are conducive to healing. When I read about this, my first thought was how amazing some people are to be able to cope with a serious illness by having a positive mental attitude. That must be really hard to do. However, many patients have said that if you don't learn to be happy and enjoy the little things in life, you could easily stay very depressed and anxious about your condition. Survivors also suggest doing creative things like writing poetry, listening to music, or anything that can stir your emotions in a positive way and remind you of the pleasurable things in life. Another suggestion is to find humor in anything you can. Some patients praise the value of exercise in surviving an illness. It takes your mind off of the condition, reduces stress, produces endorphins, those nice little chemicals in our brain that make us feel happy and relaxed. Focusing on one's spiritual side is also talked about by many survivors, as well as meditation. In fact, praying and meditating were often considered to be very similar as it quiets the mind and enables one to relax and come to grips with their situation. Of course, as I discussed last week, the support of friends is a huge deal. It is simply too hard to cope with a serious illness if one has no support system of friends or family. Some survivors express the value in going outdoors for walks or just sitting in a garden, enjoying the colors and scents of flowers. Anything to help you appreciate less stressful aspects of life. And finally, many survivors felt that an important way of dealing with an illness is to try and keep living your life and continuing your daily routine. The thought of having a serious illness is a scary thought for everyone. However, as we have seen, patients that cope the best are those who learn to take control of their lives and find the joys that still exist. Wow. I've had a couple people that I've known that have had serious illnesses, and it is crazy to see how positive they could be throughout their whole ordeal because... Hearing about the stories that, um, about the stuff that they went through with their illness was just absolutely um, saddening. You know, it's sad to see somebody go through something like that. But it's even better, um, it, it cheers you up about it when you can see that they're being positive. Um, so Alex, are most patients able to face serious illnesses and employ all of these methods to help them cope and survive? Well, that's a very interesting question. And many, many studies have been done trying to answer that very question. Part of the answer is that it really depends on what the emotional makeup of the patient was before the illness. Some people are just normally upbeat people or highly religious with a powerful faith. There are those that accept illness and death as a normal part of life and do not fear death as others might. But there are many others that respond to a diagnosis of a serious illness with panic, depression, and acute anxiety. For some, the panic can be so powerful, they are unable to even attempt to try the technique suggestion in tonight's show. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And like, you know, people, people deal with suffering and like bad news. Everybody deals with it differently. So Alex, what happens to people who actually like simply cannot deal with the diagnosis of a serious illness? Well, that, that's, a, that's a really, really good question, especially from the doctor's point of view. The doctor wants the patient to get well or to mm-hmm. live with the condition in the best way possible for the best quality of life. However, there are times when a patient is so depressed and so anxious that they can't even be relied on to follow the prescribed treatment. Some patients become so fatalistic that they don't even think it's worth the time to take their medication. Mm-hmm. At the same time, the, uh, the doctor needs to assess what kind of support network this patient has. There are, there are many, many uh, times when the doctor will recommend support groups that are there to help the mental attitude of seriously ill patients. Other times, the doctor might just recommend psychiatric treatment or even psychiatric drugs to treat the depression. All in all, those people who are able to face their illness and do everything in their power to deal with it, live with it, and still seek enjoyment out of life are the true survivors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's definitely agreeable. You know, people who are happy, um, and this may not always be the case, people who are happy, they're joyful, they're um, content with life, those are the people who kind of have a purpose to live. Because if you're depressed and you're sad and you're always down on yourself, you know, how do you have that purpose to live? So with people who are majorly, majorly ill, it's really hard to um, really see a light at the end of the tunnel, I guess. So how can the family help with the patient's survival throughout the whole ordeal? Um, well, you know, I, I think it's really important for, uh, you know, the families to help out and do really anything they can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, th- I think it's really important, like we discussed, to make sure they uh, follow up with patients and take their medication. Yeah. You know, that's one of, I think that's one of the biggest roles a uh, family can do. And also, you know, just kind of general support. Yeah. You know, it, you're trying to keep the person upbeat and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've, we've had a family member who is seriously ill and he... Um, he didn't want to take his medication because he said, you know, how am I going to get better? This illness is just too bad. Um, and it's just doing, it's just taking too much of a toll on my body. And we were like, well, you have to take your medicine because that will help you, you know, maybe ease the pain. Right, right. That's definitely the rabbit hole. You don't want them to go down. Yeah, yeah. We didn't want him to think that way. So we were trying to um, really encourage him to take his medicine and take care of himself. We had a, I had a family member who, yeah, they, they, she refused to believe that she was sick, so she wouldn't, you know, take her medicine. So it was really, yeah, it was pretty rough. But yeah, so we were, we were discussing, you know, support networks and, you know, like the best thing a patient can have for recovery is really just to have some support in his or her life. Yeah. So yeah, what about, uh, Alex, what about like other things such as like pets? Can like pets help a patient get through like illnesses easier or? Oh yeah, yeah, I definitely think pets are helpful. I, uh, I've definitely heard of the, you know, like support dogs. That's, mm-hmm. uh, I've definitely heard that was a helpful thing. Yeah, oh, yeah, those, puppies, those you know. Puppies make <laughs> you everything can't go wrong with dogs. <laughs> yeah, like my, my dog, um, he's awesome. He is a big old dope. You know, he's really funny. He doesn't really know what he's doing sometimes, but he really does know when um, one of our family members or me in general is just sick, not feeling good, really tired. Um, and they know, they can tell. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially the vibes that they give off. There was one day, um, there was a couple of days where I just cannot, 
I could not get out of bed because my sunburn was so bad. I think I talked about this in the show. But my sunburn was just so bad that it hurt to walk. It hurt to stand up straight. It was so bad. And he decided to just lay on my floor in my room with me the entire time that I was in there. Oh. Yeah. So it's really good to have those kind of support systems, especially with pets, because... You know, they are a source of joy, you know, man's best friend. They give us joy and, mm. and um, happiness and content. It's like a best friend next to you when you're lonely. Mm-hmm. It's just so fresh. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there are, you did talk about exercise and how it's good to keep healthy. Um, what sort of uh, exercises are good for someone with a serious illness? Um, I think pretty much anything that they're able to handle. Mm-hmm. would be good uh, you know yeah. obviously depending on what type of sickness you have you don't want to exacerbate it by doing you know running a marathon or yeah. you know something maybe your body can't handle at this time yeah. but I, I think you know whatever your preferred method of exercising that would you know what it, really whatever the person uh, would like to do would work best you know if you'd rather mm-hmm. run or lift weights I think either would be helpful yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much, Alex. And unfortunately, we're out of time. But of course, it was an absolute pleasure talking with you. So during the break, be sure to check out our charity site at btsya.org, which stands for the Be The Star You Are, 501c3 Literacy, and Positive Media Charity. I'm Asia Gonzalez. And I'm Brigitte Gia. Support our show in these amazing segments by donating to Be The Star You Are charity that brings you this program. For more information on how to do this, go to bethestarur.org and follow our blog. Again, that website is bethestarur.org. Don't go anywhere. We're going to keep discussing the gift of survival. The later it gets, you're listening to Voice America Kids. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the Fame Game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the Fame Game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. We didn't invent Kid Talk, we perfected it, and at a very young age. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to our uplifting and inspiring program. I'm Brigitte Gia, and you are listening to Express Yourself, 
on the Voice America Kids Network brought to you by the Be The Star You Are charity. Joining us today is Dr. Kyra Messick. Kyra Messick, a doctor of psychology, earned a doctoral degree in clinical psychology in 1995. A quest to understand sensitivity from a truly holistic perspective led her to study extensively in the field of integrative health and write the strength of sensitivity. Her holistic training includes flower essence therapy, hypnotherapy, yoga, and meditation. Dr. Kyra didn't know she would end up dedicating her lifelong career to empowering sensitive people, but it has been more than re- more rewarding than anything else she could imagine doing. With that, let's get started. Hello, Dr. Kyra. Well, hello. Thank you for having me. Great to have you on the show. Um, yeah, so let's let's begin with some interview questions. So uh, your book is titled The Strength of Sensitivity. Are you personally a sensitive person? Like, you, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. This book. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you know that's how, how that's how it works. You know, when it, we end up writing and studying the things that affect us most, mm-hmm. and so yeah, I even back when I was a kid, I was aware of being sensitive, and I for a lot of my life, I felt like probably a lot of your listeners will you know commiserate with this. I felt like the odd one in the family. I didn't really fit in. Um, I was misunderstood. And things seemed to bother me more than other people, like violence on TV or movies or things like, like, oh, why (laughs) would anybody watch this? Um, And then also I I suffered from a lot of depression, which didn't make sense even as a kid. You know, there was really no reason why I should have been depressed at that time. And so I've uh, done a a whole lot of work (laughs) over the years to uh, have a really different perspective on that sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's kind of hard to be in that kind of boat, um, and it's hard to understand. You know, people have a different sense of sensitivity. People can be more sensitive than others. So, how do you define sensitivity? What is sensitivity to you? Okay, I really do define it differently mm-hmm. than what people tend to think. Um, I say sensitive people are, first of all, highly perceptive. Mm-hmm. So, rather than thinking about sensitivity, which is a really loaded emotional word, you know, when people say the word sensitive, they either think, oh, I don't want to be too sensitive, that's like weak or high maintenance or something. Also, you don't want to call anybody insensitive, that makes them mad too. (laughs) It's like this word that you can't get it right, you know, no matter how you use it. So 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 I ask sensitive people to maybe sometimes take a break from that word and realize that you're highly perceptive. Mm-hmm. And then the other part of that is that I like to think about sensitive people. We experience the world with more impact mm-hmm. than maybe other people do. Yeah, yeah. I've, I mean, I've, I've seen that, like, my mom tends to categorize me as, like, a sensitive person. She's like, Bridget, you're so sensitive. And, um, yeah, it's I find that... a very broad word. Yeah, yeah. And I find that I'm, like... I'm taking in media a little differently. Like, I'll be sitting in a movie theater, um, just somehow, like, how I relate to this definition. And, like, I'll sit with my friends, and they'll be laughing during, like, a scene, or they'll be making jokes. And then, I'll, you know, tears will just be pouring from my eyes. They're like, what's wrong? It's the trailer. Like, why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's really sad. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, yeah, and so, you know, this is... It's really hard for sensitive people because we've gotten a bad rap mm-hmm. just over years and generations. We've gotten a really bad rap. And so it sometimes gets compounded 
Because at the same time we're being sensitive, we're trying to hide it, or we're trying not to be sensitive. So like you described that at the movie, oh, it was a part of you that's going, oh no, here yeah. come the tears. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. <laughs> and you try to hold it back, but then it just makes it worse, you know. Yeah. I've definitely experienced that. <laughs> yep. So you have your book, uh, The Strength of Sensitivity. Why uh, exactly did you write a book for sensitive people? Okay. Um, I think kind of if there's any group that really needs cheerleading in today's world, it is sensitive people. Mm-hmm. And that's because it's been so misunderstood and, and the approach to sensitivity has been so misguided for so many generations. You know, and, and people sometimes ask me, you know, how did that happen? You know, why did it get that sensitivity was considered to be such a weakness? And, and we get these messages over and over in our lives. Mm-hmm. You're too sensitive. Don't be so sensitive. Why are you so, you know, like it's, it's such mm-hmm. a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And I really think it has to do with the evolution of humanity that for whatever reason there is a certain point in history where we decided as humans that our our goal was going to be conquering things battle um you know if you go back and you look at the history of the world like i used to have this book isaac asimov's history of the world nothing but battles the whole entire book So sensitivity, you know, it just didn't fit in. It it scared people, actually. It scared people because sensitive people are creative, intuitive, Mm -hmm. perceptive, and we notice things. And so if you're... If what you want to do is just conquer things and keep things as simple as possible, (laughs) as simple and blunt (laughs) as possible, you don't want to deal with sensitive people. And so... That's why I, I think we've been so much understood over time. Mm-hmm. I yeah, think, I agree. Yeah, and like, I, you know, you look back in history, again, yeah, the whole battle thing with, yeah, the, uh, Asimov's volume and stuff. And I feel like, I feel like it used to be more separated if you look back. Like, there was a definitive, like, arts section of history that was more, like, you know, they had a lot of sensitive feelings going into it and, like, a lot of, you know, fine details. But then I feel like the Industrial Revolution hit, and now suddenly it's like, you know, imperialism and all these wars. Right. You are so right. Then that made it way worse. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody was like, bye, art. (laughs) Where'd it go? (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, things are coming back around now, and so a lot of people don't believe me, but it is. It's coming back around. And this... this, (laughs) This is the time for sensitive people. This is the time. So that's why the book is out now. This is the time for us to reclaim our identity and our strengths. You know, almost everybody now is kind of like, intuition, I'd like to have that. I'd like to use that. What's that? You know, and or, you know, we're, we're being more compassionate. Mm-hmm, towards definitely. animals, toward ourselves, towards oh, the food yeah, yeah. we eat, you know, things like that. So, so people are coming around. And so that's why I really want sensitive people to understand that mm-hmm. our, our identity has been jaded just over time by people's misunderstanding. They didn't, our parents didn't mean <laughs> to put us down, but they just didn't know better. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's the way sensitivity was um, looked at. But now we're living in a world where people really are now looking holistically at our health and our wellness. Mind, body, spirit, this gets thrown out, this term gets thrown out all the time. But I'm really serious about that and how I see sensitivity. Mm-hmm. We're sensitive physiologically, 
So a lot of people do have food sensitivities, allergies, environmental and chemical sensitivities. We're sensitive emotionally, so we talked a little bit about that, like at movies and, you know, things like that. And, yeah. And, and people will sometimes say, Dr. Kyra, you know, I understand what you're saying, sensitivity is great, but it's not great when I'm crying at work. You know, things oh, like that. Yeah. And they say, well, okay, we'll get there. But then we're also sensitive energetically, empathically. And that's the part that, you know, nobody ever really likes to talk about that, but we're getting to the point where we can now have that dialogue. Yeah. Right, yeah. And, and so, like, the, oh, sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> um, you're good. Like, you, you, you know, you just mentioned, like, empathy, you're being uh, empathetic towards, like, you know, sensitivity. So how do you define empathy? Like, I, I personally never, never really understood the difference between the two. So how, how are they similar and how are they different? Okay, um, so first I'll define the difference between sympathy and empathy. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, know, <laughs> you know, sympathy is when you you feel you feel kind of sorry for someone, mm-hmm. like so, like something bad just happened to them, so they just lost their job, and you're like, oh bummer, you know, like let's go out for a drink and you'll and uh, and something to eat and you'll feel better, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I'll just do something to make you feel better. Mm-hmm. Empathy, though, is really feeling what they're going through. Maybe you've had it happen to you, or you don't have to. If you're really empathic, you can feel it. You can feel their disappointment. You can feel it in, in your gut, you know. Oh. Um, so that's a big difference. Between it's more of an intellect, sympathy is more of an intellectual thing. Empathy is more of a body-focused, energetic, and emotional thing. But now me, I use the word Empathy, empathic, empathic ability, all those things to mean the same because there's really a greater depth to empathy than what people normally say. It's funny because even if you look it up in the dictionary, it will say being able to understand what someone is going through without them having actually told you, you know, in great detail. Mm -hmm. Well, but then the definition just stops. Well, how do you do that? (laughs) <laughs> How do you know that? Oh, that's, be- that? Right. that's because energetically, emotion, it's emotional energy. If you're empathic and sensitive, you know, we're perceptive. So we're perceptive and we're perceiving that emotional energy. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm saying is we can begin to now actually use these words and have this kind of a dialogue. Uh, not that long ago, it was a lot harder. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I feel like empathy is kind of like, uh, you know, th- there's like an internet trend where it's like so relatable, except it's like so relatable on like such a big scale without ha- having to know about all the details. Oh, I get it. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. right. Yeah, definitely. And I think that we've had a hard time being empathetic because it's hard. Um, I feel like now it's really hard to physically connect with somebody now that we have so much technology and all that stuff. But, um, and it's a little bit hard to really distinct sympathy with empathy because sympathy, you're kind of like, oh, I'm sorry. But then empathy, you really feel that with mm-hmm. somebody. And that's a whole nother level of connection with another person. Right. And as sensitive people, that's kind of our specialty. Mm-hmm. That's what we're good at doing. But you know what happens is it gets really confusing for sensitive people because, we get so many messages throughout our life. So I'm not, I'm, I'm sure I'm talking about what we have already addressed, you know, all these things about how don't be so sensitive, suck it up, don't cry, you know, this kind of stuff. But there, 
there also are things that we've been told that are actually kind of inaccurate when you look at it from a holistic mind, body, spirit point of view. Mm-hmm. And one of those things is whatever you are feeling, that is your feeling. You feel that way for a reason. So if you're sad, even when you're little, I mean, two years old, you're sad. What are you sad about? Why are you sad? So we get taught that immediately. And if you're empathic, you may very well be picking up on someone else's sadness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when that doesn't ever get explained to you as a sensitive, empathic child, you end up identifying every single thing you feel as your own. So see how that can come, sometimes cause oh, confusion. Yeah. Become confusing, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, um, thank you so much, Dr. Kyra, for this awesome discussion about support. And it's really awesome to hear about all the um, ways we can uh, really learn how to be sympathetic and empathetic to people um, and create new, new connections and stuff like that. So definitely check out Dr. Kyra's book, The Strength of Sensitivity, and hop on her website at drkyra.com. That's dr kyra.com and during the break everyone be sure to check out our brand new radio site at expressyourselfinradio.com for photos descriptions links and more i'm asia gonzalez and i'm brigitte gia also please visit our charity site at btsya.org and watch our fun and informative videos at youtube.com slash be the star you are stay right here with us as we continue our conversation on the gift of survival with our guest dr kyra messick Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Show the world your smile. Be the star you are. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. 
Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. Today's topic is the gift of survival. I'm Brigitte Gia. And I'm Asia Gonzalez. Back with us today is our star guest, Dr. Kyra Messick, author of The Strength of Sensitivity. The Strength of Sensitivity is a guide for highly sensitive people in this new generation. And sensitivity used to be considered a weakness, and that was when it was defined from a very narrow point of view. And today we are empowered to understand our sensitivity from a holistic perspective in body, mind, and spirit. When we understand all aspects of our sensitivity, then we can have the tools to transform how we think about ourselves, feel more balanced and peaceful, and stand up for ourselves with confidence. The Strength of Sensitivity is receiving fantastic reviews and available online or at your favorite bookstore or at Dr. Messick's website, uh, www.drkyra.com, and that's spelled D-R-K-Y-R-A.com. With that, let's welcome back Dr. Kyra Messick. Hey, I'm back. Hello. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) So we were talking earlier about empathy and sensitivity and how those can kind of relate and how most of the time, um, really sensitive people are kind of uh, more in tune with their feelings and can possibly be more in tune with other people's feelings. So why, um, because in our society it's kind of hard to really uh, express what we feel. I feel like most people are having a bit of a hard time and that can most likely be with uh, the younger generation because they feel that society has defined what it means to uh, be a person in general. There are certain standards for everybody, and it's just a little bit hard to really find yourself. So now it's really been defined as a weakness to be sensitive. Why has sensitivity been regarded as weakness? Okay, well, I do want to say uh, I was really excited when you guys invited me on the show, you know, to speak to teens, because this is a generational shift that's happening. Mm -hmm. So like we talked about in the last segment, you know, it's been generations that sensitivity was misunderstood because, and I think, you know, Brigitte brought up such a good point. The Industrial Revolution <laughs> was not good for sensitivity. <laughs> yeah. You know, the mechani- mechanization of everything and everything about us mm-hmm. uh, was not good for, for sensitive people. And, but now we're moving into a time period where people are beginning to realize that that mechanistic view of our bodies, how our bodies work, how our emotions work, how the world works, was way too simplistic and very restrictive. And so now people are beginning to look more at holistic wellness, and they're looking more at uh, deeper you know, more people want to meditate, and they want to do mindfulness, and they want to do holistic kind of health. And what I want to tell teens is, you guys, you're right on the cusp here of some really huge changes in society. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I want you to do is trust mm-hmm. what your gut feelings are. Sensitive people are really intuitive. Mm-hmm. And no, we haven't been taught to trust that. And a lot of you guys have not been taught to trust that. But <laughs> I'm here to tell you, trust that. <laughs> you know, really, when you have a gut feeling about something, there's a reason that you do. So trust it. Follow that. And the more you listen to that, which is your, your sensitive, empathic part of you talking to you, the more you listen to it, the easier it gets mm-hmm. to hear it. Mm-hmm. And that's just the problem that the previous generations had is they didn't know how to listen. 
And so I really think that, that uh, you know, I love empowering teens to recognize that you, you can be who you are. Mm-hmm. Listen to your intuition, yeah. and that will guide you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's like a strong message for like this entire segment, and that's that's and our like theme for today. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, and uh, and like you mentioned that people you know want to become more sensitive now that we're starting to take a holistic view of things, uh, and you've that's kind of been definitely like a defining thing for this generation. Uh, so, do you think people are like becoming more sensitive, like naturally? Or is it just like they want to be more sensitive at this point? Um, I, I do, because people sometimes ask me about, um, even, you know, little kids that are born now seem to have more allergies and more autoimmune conditions and more yeah. sensitivities, you know, to uh, chemicals and the icky additives in food and things like that. And so I, and so I asked me about that and I said, uh, yep, <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we are evolving and changing. So each generation, I, I do honestly believe, is becoming a little bit more sensitive collectively. And that, but that's, that's good for our overall survival. Yeah. And that does kind of tie in really with our uh, theme today, survival. How we as people are really evolving to what's going on around us. And that's the way to be sensitive is to really um, be aware of the way society is changing, the way yourself um, you may be changing how your emotions or thoughts or beliefs, maybe even opinions, and it's just anything that's around you, being very intuitive about what's going on. And the way people can be intuitive um, about uh, the way people are um, really connecting with each other, because now we are more connected than ever, you know, the way we're able to post so much on social media, but we can just see what the other person is feeling at that moment, that exact moment we can see what someone is thinking about, we can learn about what those person's um, emotions are, and it's just interesting because how you said, you know, we're evolving into um, a different kind of person, and that's another way to really relate to our theme, which is survival, so it's really interesting to see how people are, are doing that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting that, you know, you brought up the stuff about technology, and you know, does it does it make it harder to connect with people, or does it make it easier to connect with mm-hmm. people? Well, you know, it's kind of some of both. Yeah. And when it comes to sensitivity and being aware of emotional energy, it doesn't matter where that person is. They don't need to be in the room with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can be anybody who you connect with in any manner. Oh. And, and and so and so, I think that that's. It's even it's an even more profound way that mm-hmm. you know your generation and the next generation will be truly connecting with worldwide with everyone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. I, was gonna, I was just about to ask you that. I was like, you know, like some of my friends when they text, it's hard to get the message across. So then, like, if you have two sensitive friends who can't quite get their message across through text because there's like no face and voice with that, like, how does it affect their you know their connection and their conversations? Oh man, yeah, because I I feel like I feel like there's definitely, as you said, there's like a plus, a pro and a con to having technology. Like you can talk to more people, but I feel like it definitely is harder for people to actually understand others where I'll I'll be in the middle of, you know, just this giant fight between two friends who can't quite get their meaning across. And they're telling yeah. me, you know, this is what I mean and this is, you know, <laughs> she's she's hurt me by doing this and I'm like, oh no, you know, 
if only, and I always suggest, you know, going face to face because I feel like there might be more of like, you know, you can see each other's messages better when you have these emotions and you have pictures. <laughs> Like, That's so please. funny. You, you're, you're the you're the quintessential <laughs> sensitive person. That people try to put you in the middle, and and, it's, and you're doing just the right thing. Give it back to them. You guys work this out. Just, just <laughs> go on Skype. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Use use it. Use a use a more comprehensive technology. Yeah. But um, you know. It rem- you know what you're saying? It totally reminds me. I don't know if you guys know Key and Peele or the comedy duo. You know, that oh, comedy show yeah, in Comedy yeah. Central. They had a huge skit all about this, the texting and how the one person was just completely misinterpreting everything the other person <laughs> said. And this is where you had to kill them by the time they came over. And the person, and the other person was like, well, hey, I'm here. You know, they just had no idea. Oh and texting is the worst. And I, you know what happens? It's because we get so in our heads. We overthink because, things. Yeah, we are so in our heads, and we're we're doing just the words. So we go yeah. over intellectual with it. Girls, and if, especially we overthink, especially for text right. we die. And so if for you take seconds. a moment, yeah, go down like into your gut, your body, and think, <laughs> okay, what do they really mean by that? Before you react intellectually yeah. again. Mm-hmm. Yes, that, it's it's like slowing down a little bit. Yeah, it ties in with like sensitivity, and right. you know, if you're if you're more receptive, I guess you'll have an easier time doing that. Yeah, and all so all, call on the phone, don't text. Yeah, <laughs> and at, at the end of the day, uh, Dr. Kyra, what is the most important thing you you want sensitive people to know from listening to this podcast? Well, I'll probably say two, but I'll get what I can get. So <laughs> no problem. First of all, I I want sensitive people to understand that it's, it's so important for us to take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's the number one most important thing we need to do because we are important. And we are the ones, because of our perceptiveness, because of our caring, because of our intuitive and artistic abilities, things like that, that's why the world is shifting more to a more sensitive awareness because we're, we're so aware of what doesn't work. So we need to take care of ourselves because energetically we, we will change the way things are done. We don't need to do that in a fighting way or in a, hey, listen to me way. We just need to be who we are and then other people will follow. Other pe- some, some people listening are going, I don't think so. Oh. <laughs> but no, it really, if you are genuine to who you are as a sensitive person, yeah, people might give you a hard time here and there, but pretty soon they're going to come to you and say, how'd you do that? Or yeah. why? How do you meditate? How do you do this? You know what? I think I have an allergy today or whatever. You know? <laughs> they're going to come to you and ask you oh, how yeah. and why. So taking care of yourself, honoring who you are, mm-hmm. and not letting other people define who you are or limit you know, your possibilities. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that. Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Kyra. This has been an awesome, awesome conversation. I hope we have you on the show again because this information that you have for us and the way you are so um, supportive of everybody is just awesome. So we really definitely learned a lot. If you guys want to check out Dr. Kyra's site, go to www.drkyra.com. That's D-R-K-Y-R-A.com more info about her work and the strength of sensitivity and also check out our charity site at btsya.org which stands for be the star you are 501c3 literacy 
and Positive Media Charity. I'm Asia Gonzalez. And I'm Brigitte Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for more information about our show. When we come back, we will continue our inspiring conversation. Stay with us for more empowerment and entertainment on The Gift of Survival. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Looking for a show about your favorite movies, stars, and DVD releases? Get ready for Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America Kids Channel. Your hosts, the Kids First film critics, preview all the latest movies before they're released, interview stars on the red carpet, and share their reviews with you so you can make informed decisions about what you select to see. Our reporters, ages 7 to 16, will bring you a kid's perspective on these films. Kids First Coming Attractions is heard every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Kids. Kids Safe, Mother Approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself. I'm Asia Gonzalez. And I'm Brigitte Gia. Today, the theme for our show is The Gift of Survival. Joining us today for this segment is our veteran reporter, Maria Wong, with her awesome segment, Booksmart. Hi, Maria. Hi, Asia and Brigitte. I am so happy to be back on Express Yourself and especially be discussing great books with you. Now, Lily King's novel, Euphoria, has been one of my favorite novels I've read this summer. And it primarily focuses on the struggle to survive by three anthropologists. Now, what really set this book apart for me was the time setting. It's in the late ni- it's in the late 1930s, and that makes it really interesting. Just because all of these important historical events and all of this chaos are culminating into the world World War One and the Great Dep- World War Two and the Great Depression. And the main character, Nell Stone, who is loosely based off of the famous anthropologist Margaret Mead and her husband, Fenn, are deep in the wilderness of Papua New Guinea. They have no idea what's going on. Instead, they're spending all of their time and research into the savage Mambaino tribe. And I say savage because they really are using their brute strength um, to kill babies and use their heads for fun sports and Um, they have cannibalism, and it puts the two, Nell and Fenn, in great danger, and they are forced to leave mid-research in hopes of surviving and for their lives. 
Meanwhile, on the other side of Papua New Guinea lies Andrew Bankson, who's Fenn's old classmate and a celebrated anthropologist. And though it seems like he has everything going for him, he has great research, all of the tribal people are talking to him. He's very lonely and depressed and trying not to succumb to his suicidal thoughts. So from the start, all of these three anthropologists are trying to survive in their own way, whether it be physically or emotionally. And the three of them finally meet up on Christmas Eve in Australia. Now, Bankson, he's desperate for company, as I stated before. He really believes that he needs other people to be there for him in order to survive his misery. And we also have Nell and Fenn. Their marriage has been going downhill for a long time due to competition over grants, and they both have shame over their miscarriage. So all three of them need new company, um, something new in order to survive, and they do exactly that. When Bankson proposes to Nell and Fenn that he joins them in finding a new tribe to research, Nell and Fenn agree, and they begin their long journey across Papua New Guinea to find the perfect tribe. When they finally arrive and decide to settle for the Tam tribe, it seems very happy at first. The tribe builds them a new home, which is a perfect English home. It has It's white and blue, has shutter windows, and everything seems perfectly cheery. However, inside, Nell and Fenn are entrenched in this internal battle over jealousy, shame, and just work in general has really been destroying both of their lives. And both are starting to look for ways to survive on their own in the unknown wilderness. Meanwhile, Bankson has malaria, and nobody where he lives speaks English, so he's forced to go to Nell and Fenn in order to get aid and just physically try to survive. After several weeks of staying, a love triangle soon emerges with Nell and Bankson falling deeply in love, with Fenn unaware of what is happening. And Fenn's basically unaware just because he is so involved in this idea of finding the flute. Now, the flute is always sort of a vague concept in the book. However, it would be the first proof of evidence for um, a written language with the Papua New Guinea tribes. So he's completely focused on that and is willing to do whatever, kill people and scavenge, in order to find this flute, which he believes will bring him world fame. Meanwhile, we have Nell and Bankson, who are working on a grid pattern, who they believe Fen is helping with which basically is an infographic which encompasses all of the human cultures and values. However, the book suddenly concludes with Ben finding the flute after killing many people, and it leads to a wild goose hunt with the tribal people going after the anthropologist. Nell, Bankston, and Fenson once again are on the run of their lives, all trying to survive. And this is where the book concludes, and the ending is really open for interpretation and slightly messy, However, I really do think overall this was such an enticing and fascinating read as their journey for survival really pulls you in. That sounds like a pretty awesome book and it sounds very crazy with a lot of plot twists. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, so what was the what was your favorite part of the book? That's a really hard question. I think I really enjoyed all of it. What also, one more thing I wanted to point out is that it's really interesting because it has three point of views that it constantly switches mm-hmm. through. It goes yeah. through third person with Nell, Nell's mm-hmm. diary, and also the point of view of Bankson. But I'd have to say that my favorite part of the book would have to be when um, they're all having to leave in the end, Bankson, Nell, and Fenn, um, through a boat, just because it was a really exciting sort of heist and goose chase and really highlights the aspect of survival in the book. Mm-hmm. And like you, you, yeah, you mentioned like this isn't you know the picture perfect Disney ending type yes. thing. Yes, <laughs> <So, laughs> definitely not. 
Mm-hmm. And so, like, then which age group would you recommend this book to? I feel like maybe so, not for, like, little kids. <laughs> yes, not for little kids. It's definitely for a mature audience, as it does definitely have some scenes with um, gruesome violence. However, I say... It could be for anybody ranging from 14 or 15 or older, as it really is an interesting book and has all of these psychological concepts going on at the same time. Mm, definitely. So what do you, how do you think this book really interprets survival? Because it seems like they're pretty much trying to survive throughout the entire book. Yes, basically, yeah, as you said, Asia, like the whole entire book is trying to survive and overcome these difficult situations and continue to live. And, like, as you can see, as I described, like, throughout it, it's both physical, trying to survive from malaria, or emotionally trying to become, um, try not to be depressed and have the will to keep on living. Oh, but, definitely. yeah, I think it's both, yeah, physical and emotional surviving, yeah. Oh, because, yeah, because he gets sick, and, oh, oh. man. <laughs> yeah. Well, going into all of that, especially being in a tribe, that it just sounds like they're trying to kill you. That could really do a damper on your emotional well-being. Yes. Like, attacks from all sides. <laughs> and so <laughs> we see a lot of, like, again, as you said, like, uh, you know, all of this, like all of these ideas and these, you know, put into this book. So after reading this, how do you interpret survival, like personally? So though I agree with like the standard dictionary definition of survival, which is the state or fact of continuing to live or exist, typically in spite of an accident, ordeal, or difficult circumstances, though I do agree with this, I think also part of surviving, what's integral to surviving, is that you're able to bounce back from it and learn something from your experiences. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, so, and this goes for both physical like, and emotionally surviving. Mm-hmm. So Don't we get have, sick again. <laughs> <laughs> try your hardest. Uh, so what are some similar books? Because if you really think about it, um, you have the Hunger Games. That's like the most um, worldwide known uh, book for survival is the Hunger Games. So, you know, you have physical survival and then you have emotional survival just trying to get through something. Um, So what are some similar books to this one? So several books I thought of were um, All the Birds Singing by Evie Wilde and All Our Names by Danao Mayangestu. And both of these, both like um, this book, sort of focus on different human cultures, whether that be the African Revolution or just a typical American high school experience. But um, I just thought those two books would be really similar just because they both focus on several main characters trying to survive through their daily circumstances, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, yes. I mean, it's like you, you have, you know, your physical survival, which you can think of as many books as you can about that. But then you have um, the other survival, um, like emotional, like your, like how you just explained this book, you know, it's different cultures. Um, you know, you're, you're in a different culture and you can't, um, it's not, you're not in, in something that you're comfortable with. So you're dealing with something that's emotional. Um, and it's it's different, you know. Survival isn't just about the physical um, survival in nature or whatever. It's it can be emotional too. So thank mm-hmm. you so much, Maria, for this wonderful segment. Sadly, we have no more time. So thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be the Star You Are, and a Voice America Kids crew, especially our engineer Aaron. Welcome to the show, and thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world, and thank you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. I'm Asia Gonzalez.
And I'm Bridget Gia. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For information on our creative community, go to btsya.org. Until next week, remember, be kind, be a survivor, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself. Produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines If you would let yourself go